0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope that you enjoy this encouraging message. For more information on our church family, visit freechapel.org forward slash OC. Matthew six we're looking at this verse. We've used this verse as a little bit of a theme for our fast. The verse is seek first, say seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added unto us. I want to jump real quickly into this because I've got a lot that I want to get through. But as we're discussing and looking at the kingdom of God, I want to begin to unpack it across these next few weeks. Really, what is the kingdom of God? You've heard me describe it and talk about it before, but like it's a system almost. It's, a, it's the way, if you want to write something down. I want you to take notes today. Can you take notes? Is that okay? Do them on your phone or write them on your hand or do something. But it's, I, I think of it, in my language, the way you know, I, I process things, I think of the kingdom of God as being the way in which God works. It's the way he works. And as we discuss the way God works... This, this verse that, that we're, we're sort of covering across this or focusing on a, a, a across this fast, it's, it's telling me to do something. It says, seek first the kingdom of God. Now, understand when it comes to our walk with God, one of the, the pillars that, that undergird our walk with God is salvation and the fact that salvation is something that I receive by grace through faith, not of my own effort and energy, right? We understand that. That it's something that I receive, I simply receive. I don't have to do anything. I just simply have to receive. And that's an important critical pillar when it comes to a foundation in our walk with God, is that I receive salvation, not because of what I do, but because of what Jesus has done. How many of you are glad for that? When it comes to understanding and, and beginning the journey of understanding and unpacking and learning about the kingdom of God, this as another pillar that undergirds a foundation of our walk with God, understanding the kingdom of God does, however, require something of me. That we cannot get so all consumed with one aspect of our walk with God, that being that we receive salvation, not of our own works, that we forget that there are elements or aspects within our walk with God that do require me to do something in order for me to experience the fullness of God's kingdom in my life. Are you tracking with me? We have to understand that this verse is actually telling us to seek. This word seek is a verb, which means it's a doing word. It requires something of me. So if I really wanna truly understand the kingdom of God and see the kingdom of God outworked in my life and activated in my life and flourishing in its fullest form in my life, that is not just going to happen in and of itself. It's going to require action on my part. That's why in Matthew, Jesus said to Peter that I have given you the keys to the kingdom. Now, keys are only good. They only work if you do something with them. And it's possible for us to have the opportunity to unlock and unpack the kingdom of God in its fullest form in our life, but we don't see it. Why? Because we're sitting on the key doing nothing with it. What does a key represent? A key represents authority. You have authority given to you by God to unpack and to unlock the fullness of the way in which God works in your life. But if we do not do anything with it, that opportunity lays dormant. There are people in this room right now, there are police officers in this room. You don't know them, they're plain clothes. But those police officers are sitting in this room right now. They have a badge and they have a gun. They have authority. They have authority. But that authority right now is not influencing this room at all. Why? Because they're not activating the authority that they have. If one of you jokers comes up and tries to kill me, please don't. But if that was to happen, then you would see those police officers activate the authority that they have that would change the room. It's the same way when it comes to the kingdom of God in our life that you have been given something by God that it's possible that you could spend your whole life having the keys to the kingdom but unlock nothing and live in a watered down version of the life that God died on the cross for you to have because we do nothing with it. So as we unpack the kingdom of God across these next few weeks, I want you to view it through the lens that there is a responsibility upon us as God's people to do something in order to see the kingdom of God outworked in our life. Are you with me? Are you sure? Okay. So this morning, what I wanna discuss as we, as we begin to just take this little journey across these next few weeks, in understanding the way God works, a, a, a critical element or critical part of understanding how God works is understanding how God speaks to us. How God speaks to us. So that's what I want to talk about this morning just real quick. I want you to write down a little sermon title and it's real simple. It's how to hear, how to hear his voice. Are you ready? I feel like you're not with me this morning. I feel like you're a little bit asleep. Got to be honest. Um, so push your neighbour, make sure they're awake a little bit. Even if they look like they don't want you to push them, just give them an extra, extra nudge. How to hear how to hear God's voice. There's a, there's a thought um, theologians talk about God's will and the will of God in, in two categories. It's, they use these two words regarding God's will in our life. And I want to apply it to not just God's will, but for the sake of this sermon, I want to apply it to how we hear God's voice. They talk about the will of God as being in two different categories. One aspect of the will of God as being the general will of God. And then they talk about the specific will of God. And so to set this up, when it, when we, as we look at how to hear God's voice, I want to talk just real quickly and, and give a clear understanding as to there is the general voice of God and the specific voice of God. And the reason why I think that's important for us to understand is because when we talk about hearing God's voice, we are often referring to the specific voice of God. When you want to tune in to hear God's voice, it's more often than not, it's regarding something very specific. God, do you want me to take this job? God, do you want me to marry this person? These are specific things that you want to hear a specific voice or a specific word from God in our life. But we have to understand that there is a difference between the general voice of God and the specific voice of God. The general is where we become accustomed to how God sounds. The specific is where we hear what God is saying. The general is is where we listen. That's where we are listening to God's general voice. The specific is where we're hearing a specific word. But I want to tell you, if you don't know what it is to listen to God's general voice, you will find it very difficult to hear a specific word. When you can become accustomed to the general voice, it will give you clarity when it comes to the specific word. As you become more familiar with the general voice of God, you will identify a lot clearly and a lot easier when God is trying to speak a specific word because you are now familiar with the sound of His voice. Because more often than not, when we are in situations and circumstances that we need to hear a specific word from God, the enemy sees what we're trying to do and throws a myriad of other voices as well to try to confuse us. I remember as a kid I used to play sport. I used to play basketball and I used to play Australian rules football. And believe it or not, as a kid growing up, I did have a little bit of a temper. I know that's incredibly difficult for you to comprehend because I'm so lovely today and thank you, I appreciate that. But everybody has a journey and I went through one as a kid and I had a horrible temper. My mum would take me to sporting events and I would be on the basketball court or the football field and somebody would push me and I would push them and there'd be this scuffle and you know, it's starting to sort of build and you know, someone's about to lay a punch. More often than not, that was me, but thank you for his grace. And so I remember being in those moments and I would be, I remember one specific time and I was on the basketball court and this guy fouled me and I pushed him and the other guys came over and and we're sort of pushing on, you know, I'm probably 13 or 14. I remember, you know, trying to act tough, you know, like a 13 or 14 year old on basketball court and we're in this scuffle and in the middle of the scuffle, In the middle of this moment where I'm acting tough, like I got this, I'm about to knock this dude out. I hear in the middle, I mean, there's a crowd, there's noise, guys are yelling, screaming, cussing each other, and all of a sudden I hear this voice and it's the voice of my mother on the sideline, and she said this, she said, Benjamin, watch your temper? I thought, if ever there is gonna strip a kid of any confidence before a fight, it's your mum on the sideline saying, Benjamin. And then of course the other boys are like, Benjamin, watch your temper? Which just made things worse. <laughs> but the point I'm making is amongst all of the voices and the noise that was going on, I knew that voice straight away in amongst all of the others because I was familiar with the sound and the general sound of how my mum's voice sounded. It's the same way when it comes to you hearing the voice of God. That many of you get in these situations and scenarios where there is so much confusion and there's a myriad of voices trying to confuse you and distract you and you find it difficult to hear the specific word because you have not spent time listening to his general voice. As you become familiar with the general voice, the specific word will become clearer. I want to give you, real quickly, I'm going to give you five points. That's right, five. I stepped out today from three, and we're doing five. I want to keep this real practical, but I believe it's going to help you. I want to help you, and I want you to write these down if you can. I want to give you five ways to hear God's voice. First thing I want you to write down is... I want you to write down that you need a book of time. Book of time. These are practical. These sound almost silly. If you are desperate, how many are here, here you would say, I, de- I would really, really, really love to be able to hear God's voice better. We would all, we would all agree with that. Would your calendar demonstrate that? Would your routine, would your day demonstrate that hearing the voice of God is an incredibly high, if not the highest priority in your day and in your life? In Exodus chapter 19 and verse 10 to 11, God said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Let them wash their clothes, verse 11, and let them be ready for the Third day, on the third day, the Lord will come down. Then, in verse 19, it said, When He did come down, it said, God answered them by His voice. Look at how specific God was. He said, I'm not, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna speak to you at a specific time. If we want to hear the voice of God, We need to begin to practice what it is to actually book a time, set aside some time in your calendar, in your day that is dedicated to listening to hear God's voice. Pick a time that's good for you. When are you at your best in the day? Some of you, it's early. Some of you, it might be 5, 6 a.m. That's when you're at the best, before you check your emails, before you look at anything else. Some of you, you are straight demonic at 5 (laughs) a.m. Demons manifest in your life at 5 a.m. Then don't do it then. Maybe for some of you that have kids, it's once the kids are down, you put your kids down to bed and the day is done and you sit down, that's when you can sit. That's when you feel that your mind is clear. I'm saying book a time in your calendar dedicated. It might be 15 minutes. It might be 20 minutes. I don't know and I don't care that's between you or God. But I am saying if you want to hear his voice, book a time to hear his voice. The second thing I want you to write down, the second point is taken from a story in 2 Kings, verse 4, chapter 4. In 2 Kings, chapter 4, you have the Elisha, uh, the Elisha, the prophet Elisha. The prophet Elisha, who in the Old Testament, this was a representative, this was how they would communicate to God, it was through the prophet. So it's a representative or a type and picture of God for us today. And the prophet Elisha is going through a town and you have a woman who's, she's rich, she's wealthy, she's connected, she knows some people. And she sees this prophet coming and and he comes through the town and she says to her husband, she notices that this man is a godly man. And he keeps coming through the town and so she says to her husband, let's let's make space, let's build a room. Chapter four and verse 10, it says, "Let's, let's build a room. And let's put in a room, let's put some specific things in this room so that this man of God doesn't just go past us, let's build a room so this man of God can actually stay with us. The second thing that I want you to write down when it comes to how to hear the voice of God, and I'm speaking metaphorically, of course, now you know the story, you understand the point, I want you to write down that you need to build a room. Build the room speaks to creating space space to hear him creating space to hear him create an environment practically that is conducive to you being able to hear create an environment That's conducive. Now I understand that God is always speaking and you can say, well, Ben, I don't have to do that. God speaks to me as I'm going and no matter where I am. And I understand that and I agree with you and I believe that. But I'm just saying for me, sometimes for me, I know that there are certain environments that I can actually create that make it more conducive for me to actually hear his voice. I hear his voice better when I'm listening to worship. If I'm listening to Blink 182, it might be a little bit harder. I don't know why I said Blink 182. Of all of the things... It took me back to my childhood and growing up. I apologise. Now I'm thinking of so much, I'm thankful that I could have said a lot worse things than that. Now I'm not saying, listen, I know this is practical, I know this is like, you know, whatever. I'm not saying that like it's demonic if you listen to non-Christian music. No, I'm just saying, and God can speak to you through Blink-182 and maybe he will. And if he does, that's amazing and praise God for it. But I'm just saying, more often than not, I think, maybe, I think, You might find it easier to hear God's voice when you are doing things like playing worship in your car, reading your word, quietening the voice or the opportunity for any other voices to actually get in your mind and distract you. Create an environment, create some space. Do you know something else that actually creates great space in your life to hear God's voice, and His repentance. When, you, when, when we come before God and we repent, nothing will take up more space in your soul than sin. And when you, when you as, as much as you might think it's hidden and you might think it's covered and you might think no one knows them, maybe they don't, you might think it doesn't affect you, you would be surprised at how much space that is taking up in your soul and in your spirit. And when we repent and we bring it before God, we empty out our spirit and we create space. And what you're doing is you're building a room to be able to tune in. It's not that you build a room so that God will then speak because God is always speaking and He's always with us. It's about creating an environment where you can hear better what God is saying. As you you build a room in your life, you create an environment. We can do this in our homes. And it can be hard, I understand. I've got a three and a five year old. It can be difficult. But little bit by little bit, we can take small steps to establish an environment that's conducive to hearing God's voice better. Because I don't know about you, I need help to hear God's voice sometimes. I know, I, I wish, as, you know, I'm preaching, and I'm your campus pastor, I wish I could get up here and say, I don't need help, I hear God speaking all the time. Oh, I don't. Sometimes, Listen, sometimes I hear the craziest crap going on in my head. I'm just telling you. So I think, where's that, what? God, where are you? God? It's, it's just our life. We are bombarded and we're continually taking things in, taking things in as we scroll and as we look and as we listen, as we hear and we watch and everything else is coming at us. I need to get purposeful sometimes in creating a better environment for me to hear. A third thing I want you to write down. First, book a time. Second, build a room. Third, be still. David said, Psalm In Psalms 46 and verse 10, to be still and know that I'm God. Exodus 14 and 13, Moses said to stand still and you'll see the glory of the Lord. I find this one difficult. I've got to be honest with you. I'm not great at being still. I'm good at moving. Holy Spirit said to me the other day, Ben, you're great. At doing things for me, you're not so great always at doing things with me. It hit my heart, because I was like, "God, come on, I'm doing this, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm building church and preaching." you say, "Yeah, you're good at doing things for me. But I'm, I want to take you into a season where it's not just you doing things for me, you're doing things with me better." And that requires me to be still to be still, to let my soul and my spirit just stop for a minute. I get like that when it comes to preaching preparation. Typically, I'm, I'm very, um, you know, I'm, I'm OCD, so I'm like very particular. I have to have things a certain way and I'm a clean freak and pray for me. I I'm, I'm hope I'm getting, you know, God's gonna set me free one day. But it's just how I am. But when it comes to preaching preparation, my process of how I do it, because um, I'm a bit ADD as well. And, and some of you are never coming back to this church, hey, you're like, this guy's a mess. Shut up, just be nice, listen. And so as I'm preparing, I get like this, you know, I'll get like a thought, I'll get a verse and then I'll get a thought and I think, wow, that's awesome. So I write that thought on a piece of paper and then I think of something else that carries connects to that thought and then I get another piece of paper and I draw a line and that becomes that one. Then that thought becomes that one and then that thought will develop and that I'll realise that's bigger than a thought. Now that's a point and then that will develop and that will become bigger sometimes and I realise the point is actually deeper than I thought. That could become a sermon and then I do other points and then I end up with sort of 30 pages in my office and, and now I have the problem of I've got 30 pages that I now have to try and compile down into three points and a little story so you can take home and have a great week. And so where I, I, I get is it's normally at around 7am on a Sunday morning and there's 30 pages spread around my office. I've got Pastor Adam saying they want to know scriptures to put on the screen. I'm like, I don't know the scriptures myself, tell them to Wait. And they're like, what's the title? I said, I don't know the title yet. Just give me a second and I'll be pacing and I'm praying and I'm, fast. I'm like, God, speak, God, show me. I've got this thought and I've got that thought and I don't know and I just, I go, oh God, I've got to get there. And the, oh, God is my witness. It would be, you ask the team, it would be at about 8.30. In case you don't know, service starts at nine. More often than not, I promise you, this is what happens. At about 8.30. And I'm pacing my office and I've got music blaring. I've got pages everywhere. And I'm like, God, me. And the Holy Spirit will come to me and say, Ben, stop. I have two couches in my office. One is the couch in front where most people sort of sit when they come in. The other one is this smaller couch over on the side. The only time I ever sit in this small, small little couch on the side is in these moments when God would just say, Ben, stop. And then you know what I end up doing? I end up going over to that little couch and I sit there and I say, God, okay, I'm done. I can't. And it's in that moment where I practice what it is to just be still. And I say, God, just show me. And then literally in a second, one thought will come that will bring the whole thing together. And then I'll say, God, why did you not do this yesterday? And he said, because you were too busy doing what you wanted to do. And I wanted you to just learn what it is to be still. Just be still and hear God's voice. Fourth point. I want you to write down. Fourth point is we need to believe. We need to believe believe, write this down. This is what I wrote down to help me. Under it, I want you to write down, believe that he is always speaking to me. And then I want you to underline or circle the word me. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17 says to pray without ceasing, right? Which suggests to us that God is always speaking. And whenever I've said that as a statement or I've looked at that or written it down, the emphasis in my mind has been on the word always because that's a powerful thought that God is always speaking to us. But when I wrote this down, my emphasis in my mind, the Holy Spirit didn't bring the word always to my attention, he brought the word me. And I have to believe that God, think about this for a moment, God is always speaking to you. I, I have faith. I, I have faith to believe that God's always speaking to Jensen. I struggle sometimes to believe that he's always speaking to me. And as I wrote that down, I looked at it and I thought, God, you, you right now you are speaking. Do you know that God right now is speaking to me? He's speaking to me. He's not talking to you, he's talking to me. He's talking to you as well. But he's, <laughs> he's talking to me. David said this, Psalms 8, verse 3 to 4, When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, verse 4, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit me? God, who created the heavens and the earth, who just scattered the stars in the sky, just like that. Who separated land from sky, who filled the oceans with water. He's speaking to you. But the reason why we have trouble hearing is we don't believe it. You've got to believe that he's speaking to you. The last point I want you to write down. It's a different one, but I want you to write down. The, word, the words I want you to write down is I want you to write down that we need to be open. We need to be open. What's that mean? It means that we need to be open, not just to hear what God is saying, but we need to be open to the way in which God may be saying it. Because God is speaking to us through so many different things that come across our life, so many different situations, so many different people, so many different circumstances. God is using everything to speak to us. But so often what happens is we devalue the package that it's coming in and in doing that we miss the contents. Of what he's saying. And this you can look at it is so basic and it's so simple. But as even in this week and these past weeks, as I've been looking at this thought, I'm noticing myself doing this more and more, and I hear him better and more clearer. That as you look around, you can walk outside this building today and look up at the sky and see the sky and the vastness and the grandness and the grandeur of God's creation. You can go to the beach today and walk on the beach and see God's creation and hear God's voice and tune in. What is God saying to you? What's He speaking to you? I was holding my daughter the other day. I was holding that little girl's face. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and said, I did that. And now I'm looking more and more and I'm looking in different things and different people and different opportunities and different circumstances and the more and more I'm looking for it, the more I see it and the more I hear him and the more I'm blessed not by necessarily as much as what's around me and what I see but it's more what blesses me is what I hear. He said, I did that. I said, God, you're so good. God will speak to you. Even in the worst of situations, God is still speaking. Don't think that your situation can be so bad that it can stop His voice because God will work all things for the good. One of the greatest revelations that I ever got that I still preach on to this day, in fact two weeks ago when I preached at main campus in in Gainesville, Georgia, I preached on this point that's so simple. And the simple fact of the revelation that I got is the fact that God is good. But I remember when I got that revelation, holding the dead corpse of my best friend in a hospital bed, holding him, wondering why God did not save him and why God would not bring him back to life. And I remember holding this 26 year old best friend and the Holy Spirit spoke to me in the worst of situations. And he simply said, Ben, I'm still good. What can you what are you what are you listening to? Because if we can learn better to honor everything that's around us, whatever we honor, we elevate, and whatever's elevated, we can hear better. And I want us to get into the practice of everything that we're doing and everything that we're going, listening to hear God. What are you saying? Because the blessing in our lives and the situations that we go through and the circumstances we experience and the people around us and everything within us is actually God is using more often than not to say something to us. But because we're not open to the way He's saying it, we miss what He's trying to say. A few months back, I'm about to close. A few months back, In the middle of the darkest hell I could imagine, I remember it was uh, midway through last year and my parents were over here visiting at the time and was going through everything that you know, I, was, I was dealing with at the time. I remember, you know, I'd taken that, that time away from preaching and from everything. And I remember I was at home and just, it, it, to be honest, every day was so difficult. It was difficult to, to get out of bed. It was difficult to have faith at times. It was difficult to, just everything. And And... I remember I was, you know, I was, I was walking and, and I, I'd seen these, the, you know, people riding around Orange County on those, you know, those electric bikes that, that everyone has? You've seen those bikes. And, uh, you know, I was at home, you know, I was trying to read and study and look after kids and everything. And my parents were there helping me. And I remember I saw these, these bikes. I remember I just thought to myself, I want I to get one of these bikes. I just felt like it would have been, you know, just good to just, I don't know just as a bit of an outlet. I felt so, in that moment, in, that, in these, those months, I just felt so just down. Just, it, it was just the darkest pit I, I could imagine. And I thought, I want to get that, this bike. And I remember talking to my dad and I said, I want to get one of these bikes. My dad said, dad, I think that'd be good for you. Gives you something to do, it's a bit of an outlet. I jump online and I look up the website the brand that I looked at is is, um, is a brand Super 73. They're called. Shout out Super 73. <laughs> so I look up these these bikes and like I look at them and you know these things that they're not cheap. They're like they start at like twelve hundred dollars I think is like your base level, bottom of the rung, and then it goes up to like five thousand dollars for like a bike. I'm like five grand I could buy. a Car for five, I mean, it'd be a bad car, but I could get, I could get a car. Sorry if your car costs five grand. <laughs> um, my, my first car cost three grand, so I got you beat by two. So, and I remember I looked and I'm like, you know what, I, I, I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna just get the bottom of the run, 1200 bucks bike, and it'll give me, you know, it'll be a bit of an outlet for me or something. Anyway. I get this email and it's, as I'm, I'm just thinking through across a couple days, period of a few days, I'm thinking through, should I get this bike or no, I get this email. Email comes through and it's a bill. I knew the bill was coming, uh, but it was a lot bigger than what I thought. And I can't, it wasn't, to me, it wasn't just a bill, it was so incredibly discouraging. You know, like I knew it was coming, but it was just so much worse, more expensive, this bill than what I thought. And I felt like in that moment, it just sucked the life out of me. And I was like, I was in the car with my dad driving. And I said to my dad, I I just, I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna get that bike. I need to just be wise right now. I need to be smart. This is, you know, I've got to get this, take care of this bill, so I'm just gonna leave it. That day, listen to me, that day, I get a text message from a businessman in the church. The same day, the text message says these words Do you like red or green? That's all he said. I text back. I'm like, Red or green, what? <laughs> like, that's a broad statement, you know, question. Red or green, what? And he said, I'm at the Super 73 store. And God told me to go to the store. Listen to me, because there's a point to this that's bigger than you realise. God told me to go to the store and to buy you the most expensive top of the range Super 73 bike they have it in red or green, I need to know what colour you want. I remember I looked at it and I remember his tears just began to come down my face. And I remember I texted him, I said, it's too much, I cannot, I can't, I I cannot receive that, I don't know how to receive that. He texted me back, he said, well, I'll tell you how, you drive down to this store, because I just bought it and it's sitting here waiting for you. I go down to the store with my son and we pick up this, this, this bike, this Super 73 bike. They gave my son a free hat. First thing he said, he said, Dad, take a picture. I remember I get this bike, I load it in the car, I go back. I mean, this thing rolls, bro, it's like 30 miles an hour. I'm drilling it. A policeman told me off the other day. (laughs) That's the truth. Sorry, pray for me. He told me. He said, don't cross. I said, sorry. But listen to me. In that moment, what blessed me more than the bike was not, it wasn't the bike. It wasn't what was given to me. It was what God said to me. And I remember I got it. And I remember riding down the street. You know what I did? I remember I got my little, I got Leo. I said, we're going to the beach. I put Leo on the bike and we started cruising down Newport Beach. <laughs> and you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Cause I was just saying, God, I can't believe this. And the Holy Spirit said to me, He said this, it was so clear. I'm going to give you your joy back. Listen to me. You may be going through the darkest hell, but a great way to walk through hell is to listen to heaven while you do it. And God will give you exactly what you need in the moment that you need it. So in the worst possible moment, I could imagine, I was rolling 30 miles an hour down Newport Beach with the sun on my face, giving my God praise because there's not a devil in hell that's gonna steal my joy when my God is speaking to me. What is God and across this room, stand to your feet. Listen. And God spoke to me the other day and the businessman who's in the church that gave me this, I know that he's going to be cool with this because he gets it. God spoke to me the other day and said, get ready to give that bike away. And a smile came on my face and I thought, how cool is that? And you know why it's going to be so cool when I give it away? And people might think, man, Ben, like God bless you with it, keep it. No, 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 no. It's not about the the bike because I already got from the bike really what God was trying to give me. And it wasn't the bike. It was what God was trying to say. So I'm going to get to give that bike to someone else and God's going to say something else to them that they need in that moment. And this is how the Kingdom of God works. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. To watch our latest message, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at FreeChapelOC.